Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Spectacle Podcast. I'm American Spectator contributing editor and publisher of both Reviver.com and the Hayride.com, Scott McKay, at your service. Uh, you may notice that this screen looks a little different than it normally does, which is to say that Melissa McKenzie is off this week, so uh, we brought in a ringer. Uh, guys, say hello to Kurt Schlichter. A uh, good friend of both uh, myself and the American Spectator, one of the best authors and political commentators going in America today. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, good talking to you. Uh, we've got a subject that is, I guess we'll start with something that seems to be what everybody's talking about now, which is this, we're recording on Tuesday, the 28th of March, and yesterday was you know another one of these horrific school shootings um this one had something of a twist in that i think it might be the first time that the shooter was a woman although not this particular not woman this particular woman is uh, uh uh claiming not to be or claimed rather not to be a woman uh it's i guess the the, the term of art these days is trans man um but uh, uh and it's a girl named audrey who was calling herself aiden and went into this place with uh, ar-15 and a couple of guns and shot six people killed them all and then the cops came really quickly and turned her lights out as well and so now we're left kicking around the uh the debris from this mess um kurt what do you say well, this isn't the first one. There have been a number of these uh, uh, bizarre, sexually confused individuals who've gone on mass killing sprees um, as a direct or indirect result of their manifest mental illness. So, uh, uh, yeah, this person had gone to the school before and obviously had a, a, a gripe with it. And apparently a gripe with Tennessee doing rational things like outlawing the mutilation of children and outlawing uh, bizarre grooming rituals, uh, aka drag queen story. So, and um, uh, she decided that the best way to express that was to go find some Christians and murder them, including little, little kids. Uh, kudos to the cops for decisively moving in and blowing the living shit out of them. Uh, yes. There's a great. Uh, I I I really got handed to the. Uh, metro nashville police because all the footage is out there uh they uh they pixelated one of the bodies of one of the little kids this piece of garbage murdered uh but you see the uh see the police officers come in there pump a bunch of uh ar rounds into her and then another cop uh <laughs> pretty much dumps his mag into it as uh as they advance and uh lights out for asshole um, I think it's very important that we establish that if you're going to murder little kids, you're going to die, and uh, that uh, law enforcement should aggressively move to kill anybody who does anything like that. I don't want to hear about prisoners. I don't want to hear about discussions or negotiations. I want bullets on targets. And right now, if you're one of these uh, sissies who was in an Uvalde and let a bunch of little kids be killed while you cowered armed, uh, cowered outside, I hope you feel like the shit you are because you're garbage, and uh, for the rest of your life, that's who you are. You're the guy who didn't go. Yeah. Um, 
if you're law enforcement or military, I was military, your job is to die if necessary. That is, uh, that, that's the downside. You know, you get your free donuts, you get to thank you for your service. But at the end of the day, when uh, stuff goes rotten, uh, I need you to be taking the bullets and not the little kid. I expect that. And these cops didn't hesitate. You know, they're, they moved uh, uh, very effectively through the place. You can see the footage. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, very professional. Uh, were all their tactics perfect? Not quite, but it's a high-stress situation. I'd still give them an A. You know, you got people go, whoa, that one guy pushed one of the other guys out of the way. Dude, shut up. They heard the gunfire. They moved on the target. They confronted the target, engaged directly and forcefully and killed her. And that was good. Well, and, I, you know, I didn't see any evidence that there was any collateral damage in this. There was no nah. friendly fire. Um, no. There I mean, could like, have been. You know, it, 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 this is dangerous stuff. And any yeah. one of those guys could have been killed by her or by one of their buddies because that, you know, unfortunately that stuff happens, but that's part of the, you know, you, you raise your hand, that's part of the risk you take. I, I, I don't want it to happen, but if somebody's got to get shot, I prefer it be the cop rather than yeah. the little kid. I, I just, well, that's, that's how it goes. That's why well, we respect look, them. That's, you know, that's, these guys Nashville. do deserve respect. Yeah. That's Nashville compared to Uvalde. Um, oh. You know, and, and look, the left dined out on on that tragedy, that atrocity, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're still doing it. And, and I, you know, my guess is you're going to see with this incident in Nashville, um, yeah. it, it's already bowl. done. Yeah, yeah it's, it's already done. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it's the wrong killer. It's this uh, uh, trans weirdo who decided, to, you know, look, I'm not trying to be Mr. Sunny guy. But most people who have a, a gender dysphoria thing have no desire to hurt anybody else, and they should be treated with respect. Uh, they, they've got an issue as long as they stay the fuck the hell away from me. Uh, and uh, little kids, they they could do what what they want, uh, and nobody should go and bully them or pick on them. That's stupid and uh, low class. Uh, but uh, uh, this one had a gripe. This one, uh, Nashville. Uh, they recently passed some uh, laws protecting kids. That was important. And this person didn't like it and decided, well, I'm going to murder some Christian children because of it. And, uh, you know, that doesn't fit the narrative that the left wants. The left wants, you know, another of these Christian Republican NRA members um, murdering because of racism, which literally never happens. Um, right. Because well, for any of those things... You know, any of those things, Christian, NRA, gun-loving, Republican, uh, all, all of which I am, none of those involve hating other people just because of who they are. Well, you, you, you hate people for that... what they do, that's fine, but not what they are. That's that's stupid and unchristian and un-American. Well, and, you know, the one they keep coming back to over and over and over again um, when they try to push this narrative is Dylan Roof, right, who was the one in uh, Charleston. Uh, that shot yeah, didn't he get the death penalty? Good. Yes. And, and you know, the thing about I him... I don't understand was, why he was taken alive, frankly. Well, I, yeah, I don't either. Um, I, but, you know, the, 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 the common thread between that one and this one is these are attacks on Christianity yes, and Christians. Exactly. Which is something you're absolutely not allowed to talk about, which yeah, I, that, I think that's it's about right. time we force that into the conversation. Yes. 
yes, all these people, the common thread was these were murderers of Christians. Uh, Dylan Roof murdered black Christians at a black Christian church. I don't think he'd have hesitated to kill white Christians. Uh, he he just hated Christians. And uh, this this evil weirdo yesterday also hated Christians and decided, you know, it's going to go murder. And that's, you know, there. look, get on social media. There is a lot of hate to Christians. And, and there were yes. there were folks celebrating yesterday. Well, well, if if there's really a God, how could a church be shot up? Okay, theologist. You know, it's nice that a guy's both qualified as a theologist and an asshole. Right. Um, it, look, you got to understand, and I'm writing about this at Town Hall later this week, some of these people hate you and want you dead. They literally want you dead. They don't think you are a human being. They think you are something other who doesn't deserve to live. Now, I... I, I freely admit, I think that anybody who goes and murders little kids is other and doesn't deserve to live. That absolutely, you got me. Uh, but I don't feel that way about other people. And uh, that these people feel the same way that the socialists in Russia, the socialists in Germany, because of course national socialists, or the Khmer Rouge, or Castro's people, or the Red Chinese, or any other communist socialist murderers, uh, felt these these are others they are subhuman they are unworthy of life and you may do whatever you wish to and uh, you have to understand that they're absolutely serious about that if they had the power to do it they would do it this is why they're so eager to disarm you no one wants you less able to defend yourself for your own good they want you less able to defend yourself so you're less able to defend yourself well yeah and I mean, I, it's really something you spend any time on Twitter. And what you'll see is uh, these same people who are making these, uh, you know, otherization statements about Christians and people that disagree with them politically, uh, you know, they're subhuman and like everything you just said, are the, the exact same people that, that go on and on and on about how you need to give up your guns for the greater good. And it's like, well, you just said I was subhuman and didn't deserve to live. And now you want my gun. That yeah. seems like you're asking an awful lot of me without providing yeah. much in return, right? Yeah, I know. I'll get right on that. And you look <laughs> what happens in a place like Australia or uh, England. Plenty of people yeah. getting arrested for tweeting things because the government doesn't have to fear the people. I want the government terrified of the people, that the people will throw them out of office, that the people will not pay their taxes, that if they turn uh, actively tyrannical, then the, 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 the in our American Revolution, which, of course, we're nowhere near. But, you know, you give up your guns. You, that, that option goes out. The option of the citizens taking back the power in the country goes out the window. And I don't propose that happen. Uh, it may not be fashionable to talk about in, uh, it, it, among the regime, but the regime wants to preserve its own power. I say the power should be among the people, and power comes from the barrel of a gun. I think that's that's well established through history for sure. Um, okay, let me let me insert another topic because you mentioned Great Britain. Um, I saw something this morning that blew my mind, which is that the leaders of uh, the UK, Ireland, Scotland, 
uh, and the mayor of London are all either uh, of Pakistani or Indian descent. Uh, and this is just a few years after the grooming scandal in Rotherham and other places in, in England, which were basically Pakistani gangs that were turning native English girls into prostitutes. Um, and, you know, the whole country went absolutely crazy about that. And five years later, they've elected um, people of the same ethnic stock to run the entire country. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but it, well, I, that I, is just I, a I, shocking, I, amazing thing to me. Well, I think, look, I think it's amazingly good because it shows that the English are not racially prejudiced. Look, there are schmucks of every race. There's, sure. there's white schmucks, there's black schmucks, there's brown schmucks, there's you know, a whole rainbow of schmucks. There are schmucks trans people. There are also highly conservative trans people who agree with you and me about pretty much everything and just have that little part of their life, which we find right. bizarre. But uh, I, I uh, look, I, I think you should vote for the best person. If you are an English subject, because they're not citizens, if you're an English subject and your family came from India and you're the best person to be the leader or you, you can convince people that you're the best person, you should be elected. So I, I give credit to the, the British for not allowing uh, racial prejudice to guide them about what they are. I, I, I think it's, uh, uh, it, it's an interesting and fun fact. And to the extent it is anything, it's to the credit of uh, Britain to keep in mind. Uh, the, the mayor of uh, uh, London is very left wing. The uh, prime minister is conservative. So it's also not one party. You have these ethnic groups uh, uh, able to work within every party. And you look at the United States, and uh, uh, I think that here you would get the same thing. Um, certainly among conservatives, you know, left wingers are left wingers are obsessed by this. Conservatives, I don't know, it, 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 man, you, you give me a female Hindu who. Uh, you know, is America first? Count me in. That's th these are just not factors that matter to us uh, right. a, a great deal. And just because there are schmucks in every ethnic group doesn't mean the whole ethnic group is bad. Uh, I don't think that you should, um, you know, hide the fact that you know, yes, these groomer gangs were largely Pakistani. Okay, that's an important and true fact. What conclusion does it lead you to? Well, okay, if we're going to have grooming gangs, perhaps we should look at uh, 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 these groups as more likely to do it. But it doesn't mean that only those groups do it or these groups are inherently bad or whatever. Right. Well, I'm not so, saying that. What, what, I'm, what no, amazes I, no, no, me no, about you, it is that five years after all of this, and there was this big scandal, like, you know, yeah. folks that if you are a bigot, you would associate with the grooming cool. gangs running all yeah. of these different countries well, in, yeah it, 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 yeah and again it's it's actually both parties so you have both parties who are saying well i'm not gonna choose on otherwise irrelevant factors which right. I, I think is just fine well what it does is it blows up this idea yes. of western civilization and you know of course we we obsess about it here in america as as a racist society yeah. western civilization doesn't necessarily have anything to do 
with the people who were occupying the West a thousand years ago. Okay, Western civilization is a choice. And if you come here, you know, to the West, I mean, you know, you look at like a, a Nigerian Americans tend to be very, very successful mm -hmm. by applying what people would say were Western uh, uh, values and skills, strong family, strong worth ethic, you know, entrepreneurialism and successful. They, they've chosen to accept the Western way of thinking. So the Western way of thinking, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be uh, Mr. Open-minded uh, liberal guy, but it's obvious that West, being Western is a choice. And we have people who are here from the West who are choosing not to embrace the choices of the West. And the choices of the West, you know, when they, when they start talking about their damn socialism, when they are start talking about their... Uh, uh, you know, about their woke racist idiocy and, you know, that crap. Well, that's that's against everything the West was. So you have people whose ancestors were, you know, as, uh, you know, here in the physical West for for a hundred generations who've completely rejected. And you have folks who just come here uh, and the first generation completely uh, embraces it. Well, you, you lead me into uh, something that actually Melissa and I wanted to talk about a couple of weeks ago and didn't get around to. Um, there was a, uh, a, a congressional hearing in the House, um, and one of the, it was on energy, and one of the experts there was a guy named Alex Epstein, who's a, a consultant, does a lot of really good work on, uh, you know, the subject of oil and gas and how necessary it is. And, and he's given his talk. And Corey Bush, uh, yeah. who is a congresswoman from the slums of St. Louis, uh, proceeds to grill Alex Epstein on uh, the racism of his, uh, his advocacy for Western civilization. Um, and it's like, well, you're a white supremacist because all you talk about is, is how Western civilization is better. And you can, almost, he, didn't, he didn't exactly go that way, but what you can see the gears turning in his head was, was Epstein's like, uh, Hey lady, you're the Congresswoman from St. Louis, like it or not, you're part of Western civilization at a pretty high level. So what are you even talking about, right? You know, but it's look, like she's just, uh, look. Corey Bush is like a, a clinical imbecile. I mean, she's she's literally one of the dumbest people ever. And the important thing with these uh, woke garbage people is you've got to push back on. Oh, you're a white supremacist. Well, you're a moron. You're a moron and you're a liar. You're a stupid person. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think I'm a white supremacist or a, a or a Gemini or a uh, you know a, a a teetotaler or a football player. Your opinion. I'm absolutely indifferent to anything you think. You're a fool and an embarrassment. Kiss my ass <laughs> and. Uh, uh, also, climate change is a giant hoax. So that's that's how I would have responded. Uh, I take that from uh, from your statement. I take it to to mean that you probably won't be sending a campaign contribution to Sheila Jackson Lee, who is now running for mayor of Houston. <laughs> yeah, I got in laws down there. Good luck to them. Yeah, she's another. Food. I don't know why. There, there, some of these people are just 
deeply stupid. She's the idiot with the hats, right? No, no, no. That's that's uh, Frederica Wilson. Sheila Jackson Lee is the I one. I get that my idiots the, mixed the up. Very, the very uh, intricate uh, 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 Star Trek braids on her hair. Okay. Uh, and she, she's the one that was talking about how, you know, we planted the U.S. flag on Mars. Um, and uh, I can't remember what, um, what, what her most famous foible was, uh, but she's had so many. But she's just uh, a dummy. Yeah, uh, no, she's she really stupid. Is. And, uh, you know, I think Blue Cities are determined to commit suicide. And unfortunately, we've got to let them. It's like an alcoholic. Everybody knows, like, you have a friend who drinks too much, and you, like, sit down with them, you're like, dude, you got to stop drinking. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I got to stop drinking. So they get, they get shit faced. And eventually, you've just got to let them wake up in someone else's uh, yard, a sea of their own vomit, with somebody else's pants around their ankles, and it hurts when they pee. And they go, okay, I've hit bottom. Well, that's why it has to happen to the, uh, and then they're like, I'm going to get help. I really am getting help now. This is, you know, I'm either going to die or, you know, go hurt what I pee forever. Um, that's what's going to happen with the uh, uh, Blue Cities. And uh, I, I think that we, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we need to make a big deal out of uh, pointing out your city sucks. And you're in charge of it. All these cities are Democrat cities. There's no Republicans yes. there to blame. It's not the Republicans coming in from out of town, turning your, your shitty hole, hell hole into a shitty hell hole. It's your own uh, citizens who are doing it. It's your uh, And they're also electing you idiots. And it's your own fault. And you're going to swim in your own filth. And we're not going to help you. And if I was a, uh, uh, you know, if we take back the House and the uh, uh, presidency, I, I would say we're we're also not going to subsidize. Yeah, well, that's what so I you're not going to do that. Um, you know, you know, if you you want to declare yourself a sanctuary city, that's great. We're not giving you any funding, federal funding for anything. You can you can do it all on your own, and you can call me a racist if you want, or a sexist, or a transphobe, or uh, you know, or, or or whatever you want. I, I don't care. It's important not to care, Scott. Too many people, too many Republicans are like, oh my God, well, they're going to be very sorry. Read something bad in the New York Times. Yes, you will. You know what will also happen if you submit? You'll read something bad about you in the New York Times. You can't suck their toes hard enough to make them love you. So don't try. You've got a bunch of advantages. You say time, you say dignity. It's, it, it's wonderful. Stop caring. If somebody comes up to you and calls you a racist, well, look, you're if you're a racist, that's between you and God, all right? So you, you deal with your own conscience. The fact that some uh, drooling moron like Cory Bush or ridiculous buffoon like Celia Jackson Lee has something to say, I, I literally, it's hard for me to quantify how little I can. You literally need Stephen Hawking and a team of crack uh, math wizards calculating a number low enough it represents the amount of dams I give for what those two baffling morons think about anything is. Uh, you know, it's important to stop caring because caring what they say 
gives them an advantage and they deserve none. All they deserve is your contempt and mockery. Give them that. All right. So I'm going to hit you with something that uh, we discussed last week here at the spectacle, which is I've got a friend who's running for state rep here in Louisiana. Um, and he and I kicked around an idea and he ultimately ended up writing a, uh, a post at, at the Hayride about it, which essentially says this, let's start in Louisiana. We can do it in every other red state if we want. Let's start uh, a voluntary program by which we'll suspend the sentences of criminals if they agree to voluntary banishment and a bus or plane ticket to a uh, sanctuary city that our attorney general will designate. The criteria basically for that is uh, that the district attorney in charge of the place doesn't charge criminals uh, for felonies. In other words, the Soros DA places. So you can instead oh, great. of you're sending them to me. Yeah, well, you don't. You live in Malibu, though. You're not exactly in LA. No, so. I live in Los Angeles County, though. Well, you may have to worry. Well, they, about look, that. I'm not worried though, as I live in a rich liberal area by the beach, and they're not oh, yeah, like they, criminals yeah, come they, here. They, they regulate they, they, that. They, yeah, the defund the police thing. That's for the peasants. That's not for here. <laughs> You think right. the cops in my neighborhood are going to let some hobo amble down one of the residential streets? That, that's not that. that's not in the cards. Uh, <laughs> and then you'll get lectured. You know, my neighbor like, I think that Don DeSantis is an authoritarian for not being more open minded. Also, I look. Oh my gosh, there's there's someone with dirty clothes in my neighborhood. A SWAT team shows up, <laughs> and that's you know. I'm one of those guys who, look, I'm a blue state lawyer. I live fine. Okay? I live fine. I'm like, I'm inside the palace in the feudal system. So it's fine for me. It's all these, uh, uh, you know, it's regular folks, you know, who may not live in a British liberal area by the beach who are suffering. But they're also the same dummies who vote for Democrats. So it's kind of on them. Right. You know? Well, this is it, Look, I, I believe in uh, pain. Uh, as a teacher, there, there's two ways you can teach: other people's experience or your own bad experiences. Uh, I prefer to try and learn from other people's experience because I'm not an idiot. But there are a lot of stupid people who need to learn from pain. So yeah. let them learn. They're going to learn one way or the other. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to hurt, but if that's how you choose, that's okay with me. Um, I'm not going to suffer the crime problem to the extent they are. Uh, I'm not going to suffer the economic dislocation. I'm not going to suffer a lot of the hassles that they have. I, I, there's enough that makes me think maybe I should leave here, but not 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 so much that I have to. Uh, and my advantage is I can if I want to. Most of them can. So keep voting Democrat, dumbass. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, we can mark you down as a as pro or con on on the uh, voluntary banishment oh, I'm, I'm of all for sanctuary it. cities. I'm all for it. What's the argument against it? Well, well it, you're sending criminals to us. You don't think they're criminals? If you thought they were criminals, you would arrest them, right? And people well, like them, but you don't. You you coddle your own criminals, so yeah, you're bigoted just, against just, somebody else's criminals. Like how how does that work? 
just just make sure it's people who are convicted of uh, uh, analogous sentence uh, uh, crimes that do not get charged in those venues. Right. Right. So Pet, if it's you theft, know right petty theft. Uh, if it's a petty theft guy, we don't charge petty theft in L.A. You guys, you guys don't mess around in Louisiana. You got Angola State Prison. There's no BS in there. In, Angola, in, in, in in Louisiana. Well, we do have Soros DAs in New Orleans and Shreveport now. Um, oh, really? And uh, oh, yeah. And and I mean, you know, the crime rate. Well, has I, as I understand, New Orleans is a New Orleans is a paradise. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you the, one uh, thing. It used to be everybody was like, "Oh, I love to go to New Orleans. It's great." I never hear anybody say that anymore. Huh, weird, huh? It's it's um, the place is in such bad shape. I'll tell you a quick story about that. Um, right around Thanksgiving this past year, uh, Tyrus, who uh, you know is yeah. does the Gutfeld show, lives yeah. actually in Mandeville across Big the guy. lake. From yeah. Oh, well, uh, you and I went there. Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing a uh, 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 comedy tour back in you know October, November last year. I guess he's still on it. But so the New Orleans one was going to be like you know kind of the the homecoming you uh -huh. know episode of that tour. Uh, so we're at the it's in a place downtown New Orleans. We're standing out front across the the street from the the theater is the Roosevelt, which is a really really nice hotel. Um, in fact, Kirk, you've been there. Um, no, you put me up there. The, yeah, yeah. You get the Sazerac cocktail and all that. Oh, my um, God. You got to yeah, bring me back to Louisiana, by the way. Well, it may not be to New Orleans because this is, I'm about to tell the story. So oh, anyway, no. we're looking across the street right in front of the Roosevelt as we're standing in line to get in the theater. Again, that's like a Ritz-Carlton or Waldo. It's something nice. That's a nice place. Yeah, yeah no, a super nice hotel. I mean, you can't. You yeah, can't that was nice. Um, anyway, there's a guy and his female companion um and they're quarreling out front of the hotel uh, uh -huh. and this quarreling consists you know of raised voices and then f-bombs and then she hits him and then oh. he hits her and the two cops well, that are at the door at the orpheum theater where we're about to go in look at each other roll their eyes and they kind of amble across the street and figuring okay well somebody's going to get cuffed and stuffed in a cop car that didn't happen. Instead, it was, hey, you're scaring the fish away. Hit the road. And so, so they made these two idiots go around the block. And, you know, who knows? There might have been, you know, a homicide. The cops were like, you know, they, they, they shoot them away and then went back. Everybody in line is like, New Orleans, right? And this is basically what the city has become. The cops can't be bothered. NOPD used to stand for New Orleans Police Department. Now it stands for not our problem, dude. Um, well, it, why should you know, it be? They, 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 here's the thing. They, they Troops react to what the commander says. If the commander says, uh, essentially, I'm not going to charge these guys if you uh, arrest them. Why would I arrest him? Particularly when if I get into a giant brawl with this guy and it gets ugly and I hurt him, you think they're going to be, you, you think I'm going to walk? You think they're not going to charge my ass? So well, if that, that's, dipshit that's A and dipshit B want to play Punch and Judy, oh well, I'll call the meat wagon, but I'm not, I'm going home tonight. Yeah. Well, and and if you guys, you know, I, I, look, I, I know. They, They'd be willing to risk things if they had if they thought their back they had their back. 
if they thought, the if I get into a fight, I'm going to get the benefit of doubt. And unless the DA sees me take this guy behind and shoot him four times in the back of the head, there's no way I'm ever getting charged with anything. But they don't feel like that. They think right. any any chance that that Soros DA has to screw me, he's gonna. So all yours, baby. Well, and it's not just that because every judge in that city, and this is true of all these blue cities, all of these judges are hardcore lefties. And even if the prosecutor wanted to push these cases, you know, lots of luck in front of the judge who's going to look for any kind of way to throw these cases out that they can. So, um, you know, I mean, everything is everything has has broken down in a lot of these places. Here's something. Well, you have a Democrat. You have a Democrat governor who doesn't seem very uh, willing to you know, yeah. pressure the stuff. He's almost done. We've got an election this fall, and it's almost assuredly going to be a party changeover in the governor's mansion in Louisiana. We'll see which stripe of Republican we get, but we will get one, and I think it's going to make a difference. Here's something interesting, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I want to get your take on it. So in some red states where there are blue cities that are dysfunctional, what you're starting to see is state legislators and the governor beginning to kind of wedge their way in to see if yep. they can't do something about this stuff. And yeah. the, the, the case that's most obvious that I'll bring up is, uh, so Mississippi, uh, the city of Jackson is about as big a blue city disaster as you can get. Like things are so yeah. bad there that they like... They didn't just have the Flint water crisis in Jackson where the, you know, the water that came out of the, the tap is poisonous. The water stopped coming out of the tap in Jackson. Like that's how bad it was. And it wasn't because the pipes, Democrats. Were right. The pipes were old and full of lead and all this. Like they literally went from 11 certified engineers working in the water system in Jackson to one um, and stopped collecting the bills from the people of Jackson because they couldn't make the software work and they didn't want to shut anybody's water off when they were getting $2,000 water bills for a one-bedroom apartment. So, like, the whole system broke down and the federal government has now thrown $800 million into the kitty to try and fix it. And the state legislature has stepped in and said, we're going to do a regional water authority because the city of Jackson is not going to do their own water system ever again. And this is now being called apartheid. Uh, but then the other really interesting thing. Well, no, I, wait, yeah, I, I, I don't support. I, I, I think the city of Jackson should run its own water system. I think it should. I, I don't think uh, outsiders should assist. <laughs> because I, I think that that's that's condescending, and I, I know where you're and, going. And uh, that's uh, you know. And if the water system produces no water, then the water system produces oh, no water. I'm 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 sure they'll be able to figure it out using uh, let's see, what indigenous knowledge and land acknowledgements <laughs> and uh, uh, consensus building among uh, multiple gender identities. I I. I Look, I believe in consequences, man. You're too yeah. stupid to run a water system. Your people don't get to drink. Vote accordingly. So here's so here's something else that's happened in Mississippi that is, I think, really actually going to start to play in a lot of places. Um, 
So Jackson's crime rate, it doesn't qualify as a major city, right? So like when you see like the murder capitals of America, like Jackson doesn't measure up because the population is not big enough. Having said that, Jackson plays in the big leagues on murder, right? Like there's zero law and order there. Um, so, and like their car theft is a thing in Jackson. It's like an art form there. But, you know, the deal is, is that's the state capital, right? So the legislators park their cars. Um, they've got a Jackson Capitol Police that patrols like the Capitol complex. But if these guys like go to lunch somewhere off campus, uh, <laughs> like this has been a couple of pretty heavily publicized incidents of, you know, four legislators take somebody's car and they go to this, you know, lunch place and they come out of the lunch place and the car is stolen and it sort of pisses them off a little. So basically what has happened is they have now thrown a pile of money at the Jackson Capitol Police, which used to basically patrol the Capitol compound in Jackson. It's now got 300 officers and it patrols basically all of downtown Jackson. Not only that, the state legislature has built a court system that's like the judges are appointed by the governor, right? So they're not, they're not even elected by the people of Jackson. And if you get arrested by the Jackson Capitol Police, you go to the governor's appointed judges with the with the you know governor appointed prosecutors and the whole bit. And it's like uh, very different than if you oh, I imagine the city courts in Jackson. And well, so what, this I, has now been called apartheid. And they're like, we've got to break this down. And they filed all these lawsuits. And this is like this whole thing. And it's like, well, you know, we don't have a say in how this is run. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You can vote for governor. That you would just that lose would be, that election, unlike the city of Jackson, where you win them all, right? Well, um, I think uh, uh, I look at what happened in El Salvador where the president down there said, you know, we're sick of having the highest murder rate in the world. So he basically sent his folks in and arrested all the gang members and put right. them into a real prison, not like the fun prison where they get to hang around all day and, and gang. It's like like a uh, basic so training fun. prison where it's like, you, over there, move, move, move. And um, Don't they have some, the like, murder rate dropped to like 1% of what it was. They have like 45,000 people in that jail or something? Yeah, just I, I, that's like, what you need to do. Here's where criminals are going. The problem with uh, the problem, we have an incarceration crisis in America. Too few people are incarcerated. You've got a choice. You can go to jail or you can commit or you can not commit crimes. There's no you can commit crimes and not go to jail. That's no longer an option. You're going and uh, you just are. Uh, I mean, when people see things like uh, scumbags come in with big bags and start taking things off shelves and nothing oh, yeah. can do anything about it, right? that's a problem. And the problem is it shows that the uh, 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 society is breaking down. Uh, uh, it, you can live off the corpse of stability for a while, but eventually they're going to look to somebody and they're always going, you're wrong you're a big authoritarian. You know, normal people are going to go, well, if authoritarian means I don't have a, you know, people coming in and stealing all the stuff off shelves and a hobo taking a crap on my lawn, uh, then I'm all for authoritarians. And you will get a backlash and it will be a real backlash. And it will yeah. be, they will throw open an Overton window. 
Um, well, I mean, the and backlash. You will start seeing pain. Well, so well, the backlash you've you've already seen in a lot of these places. San Francisco is a, a like perfect example. I mean, when you go and you loot the Walgreens then you find that there's no more Walgreens to well, loot, right? Because corporate yeah, that, says, be part this, of we're done, right? That'll you know, be they burned down, you know, the, the the Walmarts and the Targets in Chicago and Minneapolis. And corporate says, well, I'm not, we're not putting a store there anymore, y'all. You know, like we are, our shrinkage rate became 100% at this store. We decided that we didn't want to have the store there anymore. And what you guys can do is you can come to our location in the suburbs and Let's see what happens to you when you try to loot the place. You're probably going to end up dead, right? Like, I mean, that's because that's how they roll in the suburbs. Well, look, and when I, you're at Walmart, I, you look at that and you say, you know what? This is a better business model than the inner city for us is. I, I think we will. Uh, I, I, I definitely see. think we're going to see a, a backlash, and that includes uh, uh, force used by cops. Because at the end of the day, normal people are going to go, you know, I don't really want cops beating the hell out of people, but I want thieves and criminals and rapists in my neighborhood even less. So if you got to beat the shit out of some of these guys, okay. Well, Fine. I mean, you know, look, everywhere where the criminals have taken over, the businesses have moved out. Because yeah. you can't do business in a place where there's no rule of law. You just can't. Well, it's not. It's not doable. And I think these guys have found that out. I mean, I, you're like, we're back when the Obamas were in the White House, <clears throat> I, you know, I got such a kick out of Michelle Obama running around talking about food deserts yeah. in the inner city. It was like, yeah, because try to run a grocery store in, you know, in the inner city where, you know, the place is overrun with crooks and they steal all the stuff in the store. Right. They loot. Oh, you, know, you can't run a meat department because the meat goes out the back door and through the front, you know, out the front door and nobody pays for anything. And eventually, you know, you can't the grocery industry cannot handle a 20 percent shrinkage rate. No, like you just can't. No. I mean, they, these people operate on five percent margins or less. And so here's Michelle Obama. Well, there's no fresh vegetables in in the hood. And it's like, well, yeah, I get it. Because yeah. you don't make money on vegetables, you make money on meat, and they steal all the meat. So what are you going to do, right? Well, look, I, 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 I think you will see uh, a lot of the people who are there leave, and I think you will see no new people coming. And uh, uh, again, I, I think the appropriate people to suffer are the people who elected the Democrats, which are the uh, people of uh, the inner cities. So you want to live like shit, vote accordingly. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, uh, I, I I don't know what to tell you. You know, there's no <laughs> magic wand that lets thieves run rampant, and there are no consequences. That doesn't get to happen. All right. I mean, I guess least... it did in. Uh, I guess it does in Jackson, where other people are going to pay because they're freaking idiots. But uh, all right, let me let me shift gears a little bit here. Here, I, I got a headline for you. Um, Democrats favor the Palestinians over the Israelis for the first time, according to a Gallup poll released this week and conducted before the dramatic protests in Israel against Benjamin Netanyahu's uh, judicial reforms. So, um, yeah, I think Palestinian party. 
Yeah, I think the uh, look, I I think the Democrats have an important point here and we should listen to them because they're very much against uh, uh, changing the current Israeli law, which is the uh, uh, current Supreme Court gets to choose its own replacements. And I think uh, not doing that is seriously racist. And I think that should happen here in America, too. So we've got to stop Netanyahu and we have to impose the existing uh, great Israeli system here immediately and allow our Supreme Court to appoint all its own replacements. So yeah. I got to agree with the Democrats on that. I think I'm getting it right. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's a bad idea at all, right? Like I think it's a wonderful says, idea. Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad they brought that to our attention. Seems like a uh, seems like a uh, uh, you know a uh, a good policy, prudent policy. Uh, as for hating Israel, yeah, uh, hating Jewish people is pretty uh, pretty big on the left. And I know they'll say, "Well, I, I don't hate Jewish people; I just hate Israelis." Okay, well, you know that word "dog whistle" you guys invented? It's blowing <laughs> really loud. It's going so loud I can hear. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah. yeah. So on, on the uh, on that Supreme Court topic. Uh, I am now, up until a couple of days ago, I hadn't even really thought about it, but I am now a massive proponent of yeah. Kyle Duncan being the next Supreme Court justice just to see the people at Stanford Law School lose their minds over oh, the fact Stanford. I, I, what has happened to that school, Kurt? I mean, what, what well, is... Well, look, it was always a festival of leftists. Uh, unfortunately... I don't know why, and this happened in the 60s too. The established uh, uh, prof uh, uh, faculty, they're, they're pretty liberal folks. And in some ways they sympathize with these kids, but they don't have the stones to take, to exercise their power and dominance. And uh, even now the, the weekly writes a letter, oh, this is bad, you can't do this. I'm giving a minor suspension to the uh, um, uh, faculty equity jerk who um, participated in this. The proper, the proper thing is, if you want to solve this, here's how the First Amendment goes. The speaker gets to speak. You don't get to disrupt him. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, administrator is fired. Uh, all the people I identify, you're suspended for the rest of the semester. You do it again, you're expelled. Are you guys clear on what our rules are? <laughs> well, we're going to protest. Protest all you want. Disrupt Outside. things, right. violate our rules, and you will join the others in suspension or expulsion. Not a game, not playing. This isn't about a discussion. This is how it is. Now, that's how it is in court. You don't get to go in and... Uh, cry and scream. They're not creating lawyers. Uh, they're creating a bunch of activists. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, people are going to see that. I think a lot fewer people are going to hire for, from Harvard. Uh, I think a lot fewer judges, though no, the liberal ones will still hire them, uh, are going to take them as clerks. Uh, but uh, no, I, 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 I don't understand just out of self-preservation why these institutionalists don't manage their own institutions. I was reading Stephen Krakauer's book Uncovered about the media. And it's a, it's a nice book, lots of uh, 
lot, a lot, lots of anecdotes, lots of uh, writing by media people about, uh, you know, moderate ones, oh, moderate ones, that means just highly liberal ones, saying, well, these radicals that are coming in are really upsetting everything. Yeah, and you let them. You know, when the, when the dipshits at the New York Times, 300 of them protested uh, about Tom Cotton running an article, and then they did it again with this trans thing. They even managed to get an editor fired. That was just a time to go, um, you're at the New York Times. You don't ever do this. You, you, and you, you're all fired. The rest of you, if I ever hear you break ranks and bring our, our business outside, you're fired too. Now get, now get back to work. It would stop. Okay, uh, I'm going to pick up on something you just said, uh, talking about the topic of people getting fired. What do you make of uh, the chair of OpenAI talking about how chat GPT is just going to make a whole bunch of jobs go away? And I asked this because last week, Melissa and I did uh, a, a decent chunk of the podcast talking about the technological change that AI has sort of imposed on uh, more culture than the economy, but this guy's now talking about the economics of, of all this. Um, where do you come down on that? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I don't think we should be calling it AI because it's not intelligence. Uh, it is pattern recognition right? and uh, uh, information gathering and processing that always goes through the guardrails of the usually leftists who uh, program it. For instance, if you get, say good things about Trump, I can't, he's a bad person. Say good things <laughs> about Biden, oh, he's wonderful. Right. Okay, somebody right. programmed that. It's not, there, sure. the, the idea that there's this, this computer that will neutrally evaluate all the facts and come into the exact same conclusions that the programmers from uh, liberal Santa Clara County, California uh, believe in is a giant myth for stupid people. And the idea of calling it artificial intelligence uh, reaffirms that. That being said, uh, improving pattern recognition and data assembly uh, processes is going to get rid of a lot of jobs. It's gonna get rid of a lot of lawyers. Uh, the, the ability to feed all the uh, case facts into a computer uh, you know, instead of having a lawyer sit down there and write out discovery, you know, interrogatory questions, document demands, and review documents and stuff, uh, you know, you're, you, you, that, that seems to be like a natural thing. Um, as far as forming arguments, it can, uh, but they're not great arguments. Uh, okay. It can do a lot of like monkey work writing, you know, like BuzzFeed stuff. Here are 10 lists of great cat jokes. Right. You know, uh, AI could certainly do that. The hiring creativity stuff it, it, it can't do and probably won't be able to do. But, a but there's a lot of jobs for people, most of whom require a bachelor's degree that basically involve, you know, uh, assembling the TPU spreadsheet from office space. It's right. It's... It's things that now can be done by a computer and they don't need you to do it. And they certainly don't need you to go to college to do it. Yeah, so, that's well, that's sort of the, the, the test here is how many jobs will get lost to AI where the person currently holding the job honestly says they love their job, right? 
And I, I like, I don't think there are very many of those. Right? No. I think there's probably a bunch of people that, you know, oh my God, how will I eat? And if you teach them how to be a plumber or a carpenter, they're probably going to be a lot happier. It, it, exactly. More adjusted in their lives. It, it's all the, it's all the monkey work jobs, the cubicle jockey jobs that um, right now require a person to, uh, you know, I'm a people person. I, I go from the engineers to the other engineers. You can't work. You can't work without me. I'm the key part of the process. I, I, talk, right. I talk to the both. Uh, a lot of those jobs are going to go away. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the job that needs to be done, look, my, I'm looking outside. My fence needs painted. Okay, AI is not going to fence paint my fence, but somebody's going to paint my fence. It's probably going to cost me a couple bucks to get it done. Uh, that's a you're going to have those jobs. You're going to have some higher order jobs. I think it would be hard for uh, you know lawyers arguing to jury to be AI, though I think uh, uh, lawyers will start using AI to help create arguments uh, and find patterns and evidence and things. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, uh, it, you know, certainly in medical diagnostics. Uh, I think it has the ability to uh, 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 basically uh, uh, redo the way we do doctors, which is broken anyway. And right. it's now getting all woke. I mean, you know, doctors are chosen on the basis of race, sex, gender, and all that stuff. And there are very few medical colleges it's an artificial shortage. I'm going to have a giant shortage down the road. Uh, and of course, people are too stupid to do anything about it now when they could. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, I, 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 I think it would be very easy to uh, uh, use AI to uh, come up with diagnostics and stuff and, and get rid of uh, a significant amount of uh, uh, the, the medical work currently done by human beings. I, I think there's a lot of things it can do, but it's going the, the people it's going to get are kind of like the upper middle class, middle management -y, or white collar types who have been fooled and who, who, uh, who 50 years ago wouldn't have been white collar. These jobs right. wouldn't exist. Right. Uh, well, the other thing that we're going to see is fewer of these diversity equity people because they're just sucking the life out of organizations and they cost yeah. a ton of money. And, you know, the, the recession's already here, but it's going to get admitted to soon. <laughs> right. And uh, I just don't think you're going to see uh, companies wanting to pay for, you know, 50 diversity consultants whose whole job is to maintain to maintain uh, ethnic hatred because that's what diversity well, people do. You're not going to have 100 well, people yeah. sitting around going, no, nope, still no problems. Well, when you... Ah. Uh... Right. Well, when you, you know, when you start to see a uh, Silicon Valley bank, right, where, you know, the bank literally goes under yes. uh, less than a year before they basically turn their entire business model over to DEI and climate change and all this kind of stuff. And then you see Ford Motor Company is going to lose $3 billion on EVs <laughs> this year. Right. So, like, you've got all of this evidence of, you know, get woke, go broke. Then you've got the AI stuff that kicks in so that you, you know, you can shed jobs and still get the work done. I mean, at what point do you not see, you know, corporate America going, you know what, 
we can get AI to do all the DEI work in our office right now uh, because AI is already woke. Now, whether people are going to pay attention to the AI chatbot that freaking tells you <laughs> you have to show up to the diversity training seminar, I don't know. But the point is, wouldn't it be hilarious if AI ended up eating up all of the HR jobs that 10 years ago didn't oh, it'd exist? Oh, be beautiful. In the DEI well, look, sector? A lot, a, lot of the, a lot of jobs we've invented that aren't really necessary but they support this kind of low-end white-collar class, the Trader Joe's Chardonnay class, right, are going away. Well, this is the thing, though. Those people vote. So, like, what do you think? But what are they going to vote to do? Well, that's the thing. There's, there's no real. There, there's you, you no don't real policy that's and, gonna... and AOC and 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 these guys aren't going to come up with bills that outlaw the the uh, the use of AI in um in a, a lot of these fields where sort of the you know the wine moms and and uh, uh, the secretarial class is currently working. I think they'll they'll try it, but what's going to happen is they're not going to call it AI. They're just going to use technology to make the jobs unnecessary. And while you might not be able to fire these people, you can sure as hell not hire any more of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what it's going to be is, is you know, these guys are going to market apps to businesses. Hey, this can handle all of your, you know, whatever, you know, use our company and we have this app that, that everything runs yep. off of. And then, you know, yeah. do you get these, you know, the, the same hearing you had with TikTok, last week uh do you get that you know for you know whatever these businesses yeah, have I, I, well look i'm already seen as a lawyer i'm already getting the hey use our ai discovery uh you know product right and um i i don't i i i think uh look i think we're going to have a lot of changes in the white collar world uh, and th those are coming. Uh, I think in the blue collar world, where you're actually doing something, you know, we would be wise to grant it more respect and more emphasis now, because you're all look. The computer's never going to fix the plumbing. Yeah, just not. Well, yeah. What I find interesting about this is now you start to have this discussion, right? Because. Um, you know, now that AI can write blog posts, which, you know, like you said, are a lot like BuzzFeed, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're barely readable. Uh, but then again, go look at BuzzFeed. There were a lot of blog posts. Readable. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it's, it, it, it's kind of the coming to fruition of something. I think it was Ted Cruz who said it back in, I think it was the 2016 presidential campaign. Was saying, you know, look, if all of these illegals coming across the border uh, were displayed, if they all came with journalism degrees, <laughs> it'd be a crisis. Screeching to put up the wall, um, you know, and so uh, you know, it's it's you had the illegals come, and they're they're you know in in the the blue collar world depressing wages. But then AI comes along to do the same thing to some of these white collar jobs that uh, that the, you know, the new left wants to do. And so it's like, well, at least we've got a little bit of equity in the, 
crisis realm here that, you know, everybody's job is, is in trouble. And, you know, that's maybe not such a bad thing for everybody to feel the pinch rather than just a, you know, a certain group of people well, that look, you want to otherize. Look, the high end in every field is not going to feel it. Okay. There's right. the AI is not going to take over the hayride. The, hay, the AI can't pick up the phone and call, you know, a Louisiana senator and get, you know, his insights into what just happened as it relates to Shreveport. Okay. That's something only you can do because you're a human being. Uh, right. It's not going to take over for me writing town hall or my amazing Kelly Turnbull books, which you all should get. And by the way, that, we're going to talk about that in a second. But, uh, uh, you know, so it, nor nor is it gonna yeah, it, nor is it gonna try cases because it's still gonna be a jury. So you need a human being to relate to. Uh, so I, I'm not worried about AI except to the extent it makes my uh, expenses go down. It, it makes things cheaper for me. I'm not gonna get displaced by AI anytime soon. But uh, uh, there are a lot of people who are, and they don't even see it coming. Yeah. All right. Um, because we're we're coming to the end of this, I do want to talk about Kelly Turnbull uh, and the uh, and the Kurt Schlichter uh, experience uh, of novels, because I've read all six and seven. they're seven. I'm sorry, seven. And they're fantastic um, and uh, eerily prophetic. Yeah, <laughs> like creepily eerily prophetic in in a lot of respects it's like when january 6th happened i can't remember which book it uh, uh crisis crisis has basically the january 6th scenario um almost almost to a t not quite but about close two months enough, before it happened yeah, yeah close enough to get your you know uh, uh goosebumps showing up on your skin as you read it because uh uh, Kurt basically had the agent provocateur uh, uh, scenario of the January 6th stuff locked down Pat. Um, so if you haven't read the Kelly Turnbull books, you should start. They're fantastic. Uh, hopefully one day there will be some massively successful conservative streaming service that makes a yeah. series of that. That would um, be nice. So, all right. So is there going to be an eighth Kelly Turnbull book or what, what are we looking at? Uh, I'm on 28,500 right now. It's called Overlord. Uh, right. So I got about uh, 80,000 words to write. It'll be out this spring. It's coming along really well. And uh, if you remember last time we were together, you took me on that long causeway. Right. Yeah, we talked. We talked. We actually talked about uh, uh, making a, a TV series out of the, uh, the Kelly Turnbull books. But... Yeah. Well, there is a, a big action set piece on that bridge. Ah, okay. Well, that's, that's okay. That sounds pretty good. All right. So what's the, uh, what's the, uh, what's the, the premise of this next one you got? Oh, well, uh, you know, the, uh, America is split in two and, uh, uh, red America is still fighting with blue America. And, uh, you know, the, uh, blue, uh, blue side is doing nefarious things and Kelly Turnbull, the hero has to go and, uh, stop it. So, it's uh, it's a lot fun to write. They're a lot fun to write. They're a lot fun to read. I sold a ton of them. People are just dying for good conservative uh, action novels. Uh, I started writing them because I got really bored with other people's writing. 
because it was all formulaic. All my books are different. They have a different feel, different vibe. Uh, and uh, it just, uh, I mean, I can't believe I'm on eight. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. But I always um, get in the top 100. Every time I, I sell, I'm, I mean, I think I got to like number 58 in all of Amazon with Inferno. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, look, they're quick reads. Like they're really quick reads. Like, you know, when you when you put one out, I'll knock it out. Like I'll start on a Saturday morning and by mid-afternoon I'm done. Sometimes yeah. I can go even quicker than that. Yeah, 100, about 107,000 words. Right. Uh, but, you know, my writing style, first of all, I have a very firm rule. All good parts. I know that you're not going to find a part where he takes some tangent to go have a relationship with his freaking dad. Okay? <laughs> None of this crappy... Yeah. I'm not building character. He expresses himself through his 45. Uh, everything is either an action scene or a scene that shows the you know red or blue worlds in an interesting or new way. Everything moves the plot ahead. I want it all good parts. So you read a part and go, oh, that was interesting. I learned something. I experienced something. I saw something. No, uh, now we got to get to the part where he talks about his feelings. You're not finding that. All good part. Right. Have you, ever, album. have you ever cast Kelly Turnbull in your head? Who plays yeah, Kelly I'm, Turnbull? I'm, 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 I'm partial to uh, conservative star Matthew Marsden. I think he'd be uh, great. Which one is He's Marsden? Big, is... Good looking. What's that? He's what, big. What, He's what, a good looking guy. What was he in? Oh, God. Black Hawk Down, a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm I'm trying to hard. I'm trying to place. Well, he's he's kind of been uh, forced out of Hollywood because he won't take the vaccine, and he's also not a damn communist. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, I call it Helen of Troy, Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh, okay. He's been in Resident Evil: Extinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy would make a good Kelly Turnbull, wouldn't he? Yeah. But like, here's here's the fun thing. I I, I got called uh, racist by uh, the Bulwark guys. Oh my god! And my question was, okay, what color is Kelly Turnbull? Yeah, you never really make mention. Why, was, why is it important? We didn't even know what color hair the guys got. No, no. Kelly Turnbull is who you make Kelly Turnbull into. Maybe it's Matthew Marsden, Idris Elba. He could do it. He's a big, strong guy. Got a good presence. Just do an American accent. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the thing is, look, I'm not Mr. Uh, uh, you know, Mr. Liberal, everybody hug each other. But the simple fact uh, is it, that that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Kelly Turnbull is just Kelly Turnbull. And he could be played by whoever. It shouldn't be a point. It should be whoever's like going to rock hardest as this character. And I, God, I hate stunt casting. You know, they'll have like, yeah, we're we're casting for Queen Elizabeth the First. Let's find a, uh, you know, a Maori tribeswoman. You know, that'll <laughs> show you. That'll right. it, take that racist well, expectations. It's like, well, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, maybe maybe this is a, like a really cool actress, but I feel like you're manipulating me. Don't manipulate <laughs> me. Just freaking well, interest I mean, you know, me. It was you know, Netflix uh, a few years ago, and they made this Bridgerton show 
that's you know the regency period in england and like half of the, the but it's a fan but that, that's, family is black and it's like come but on the, man. but that's specifically a fantasy in the sense that it's it, it, the whole it, they're not it's not like the real thing so i watched bridgerton and i didn't care because well, what bothered it, me about it was that there were actually black people in in england at the time and they were slaves like that literally was a thing so to me it was kind of an insult to the folks that i could see that but then again you know i i'm about merit you get the best person the best guy you know, it's some uh you know, an asian differently abled asian lesbian is the best person for the job then it should be a differently abled lesbian asian i don't care I, I just don't I don't like feeling manipulated. I don't like being uh lectured to. And if you're like, all right, ta-da! You know, this per I've I've gotten a you know a trans man to be the this, this, shut up. All right, so we're trying to manipulate on, uh, me. Where do you come down on uh 007 being cast as uh uh someone other than a person of power? Uh not real interested. It, it, yeah, if they're doing well now, it's like a, a woman. Okay, that's stupid. Well, this is uh, my but thing. Like but like I said, Idris Elba. I mean, I think he'd be a great James Bond. He well, just I, is. To, I mean, to me, this, like what I didn't understand it was like, okay, he's 007. Ergo, there are at least six other people in that program. Why don't we make 006 or 008? You know, Idris Elba or. Uh, well, look, whatever. Look, if Idris like, Elba can let's have the there. entire agency, we can we can branch this franchise off into all different kinds of characters. Look what Marvel did with their deal, and I like I never understood why does it have to be James Bond? Like let, let I, well, look I, I, within that universe. I just as long as it's not a stunt, I don't care. If as long as it's not trying to teach me something stunt. or change me. Uh, but I, we keep mentioning Idris Elba. I like Idris Elba. I mean, he's oh, great. No, I love him. You I, know? I, I mean, he's a, great, and he's, he's got a, a good um, English accent, and he's a, a big, tough guy. He's got a lot of presence. Uh, he, he is I mean, English, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, I the, the, and it, look, this is an unfair discussion to Idris Elba because he's a great guy. He's done a lot of great work and earned merit, and, and, and now – by the nature of this discussion and this this stupid idiocy that's being imposed on us, we are reducing him to a skin color involuntarily. And I refuse to be part of that. I'm not going to do it. I well, refuse to be part of that. It is it, 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 this 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 idea that uh, uh, you know you have to be taught, and we've got to make a point out of everything. The only point I want is who's the best. Well, that's the only and, point and, I care about. And to, damn it, to, it may well be Idris Elba. <laughs> to give Idris Elba his due, I, I, I should mention this. There's a flick at, I think Amazon Prime has it. The name of the movie is Beast. And he is a doctor from, I think it's LA or it's somewhere in New York. Oh, maybe. it's got lions. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically. That's um, really cool. Uh, what I can't remember the name of the uh uh the the two uh man-eating lions in the the movie with val kilmer and um uh michael douglas uh, i know which one you mean you know and i can't the name escapes yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah i know which one you mean. 
you got okay so like you've got the the killer man-eating lion and this guy's a doctor and he's bringing his kids uh to to south africa to go you know do like a safari thing and they run up against this lion just like is it is a tearing everybody lion? to shreds and idris elba's got to fight the lion um which is and i tell you what it's a really like totally underrated movie i would he's totally be down with it. it he's terrific I mean, I'd be da- totally down with Idris Elba fighting lions. Well, then you uh, would like Beast because it's a but, hell of a but here, here, Just hear this out. Cocaine lions. Oh, okay. Now that we've got cocaine bears, we can do we cocaine, got cocaine bears, bear. Right? Yeah. Somebody told me cocaine bear is a, is a, is a, is a, a conservative movie. I haven't seen enough of it. Uh, now, I have seen uh, cocaine bear. I'm not sure it's a Chris, uh, conservative movie. I'm not sure it's like any movie at all <laughs> uh, I, I, to ascribe any ideology to it. I think this is the whole point of cocaine bear. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I, I didn't think it was thought provoking. You're like, no, that's not what I would do. If I was presented with the threat of cocaine bear, I'd take different actions. So it, it does spark a lot of discussion about how, you know, individuals react in the context of a cocaine bear situation. All right, well, let me hit you with one more movie because this is one I saw last night and uh, I can't make head or tail of it. Have you ever seen Nope? The Jordan I've not seen Nope. I, it's one of those movies that's like always playing on Showtime when you're passing by like the damn Twilight movies and you're, you're, you're running through your cable and it's right. there and you're like, nah, nope. I don't know. Yeah. Was it baffling? Um, well, it's Jordan Peele directed it, who I like um and he's he, it's kind of a um it's like he was trying to knock off an m night Shyamalan movie but he kind of, he's like missing some parts right like there's the 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 plot reveal halfway through that like a third of the audience gets and then the rest of the movie it's like oh but i already know what's going to happen now and everybody else is like shocked at the end and then goes back and goes oh wait i should have picked up on this because now it all makes sense you don't have any of that in nope um, but the main character in Nope, basically Nope is all he says, right? Like there's a UFO that comes around and eats people out in the, in the middle of nowhere, inland California, where this guy's got a horse ranch. And if you're looking at the UFO, it eats you. And he refuses to look at the, at the UFO. And instead he puts his eyes down and he says, Nope, 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 Nope. And the UFO passes over him and it goes and, uh, and, and, uh, and terrorizes everybody else. Um, so there's a, it's funny and it's a very strange movie. Um, and it, it's a mess basically, but it held my interest for two hours. And honestly, that means I'm going to give it better than five because very few movies hold my interest anymore. Um, well, I, you know, I, 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 I could tell you two words that would improve it. Idris Elba. Ah, okay. Well, um, I, I, we could we could try to figure. Out, nope, two should star. Nope, two. That's that's nope it. Two. We go, Still not we go, buying it. Do we call it nope, nope, or do we call it uh, nope, two, or or something? Nope, squared. Nope, squared. There you go. There, like, All right. like the nope and the furious. We have a crossover. <laughs> there you go. With starring Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel and Idris Elba. Vin Diesel. <laughs> I like saying on that note, 
on that note, I think we're probably going to have to break it because I know we've taken up plenty of your time, Kurt. Um, got anything else to say as a as a, a closing note before we get out of here? Nope. <laughs> I walk right into that one. All right. Well, guys, this has been The Spectacle. Uh, uh, check us out at thespectaclepodcast.com. Also, check out The American Spectator at spectator.org. Check out my sites at reviver.com, rvivr.com, and theheyride.com. I've got a new book coming out about Obama uh, and the fundamental transformation of America, which I'm trying to make sure it's not the most depressing thing you've ever read, uh, but it will no fill in a lot of gaps um, because pretty much everything that's happening now uh, got its, you know, inception during the Obama years. But that's that's a full discussion uh, for another podcast. Uh, Kirk, you can, they can find you at townhall.com. Uh, Every Monday, else? Wednesday, and Thursday. All right. Anything, anything else you want to push real quick? Follow me on Twitter and go get uh, Inferno. Get the Cold People's Republic series. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, it's been fun. We'll see you next week. It'll be me and Melissa. Um, and uh, have a good one. Mm -hmm.